Hi, everybody. This is Steve Smith. I'm the editor of PhD News Magazine. Today, I'm joined by Max Rohr. Max, thanks for coming on today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You're the kind of guy that needs no introduction, but for the record, at least, why don't you tell us who you are, your names, ranks, your number, that sort of thing. Sure. Sounds good. So my name is Max Rohr. Uh, I am the marketing and academy manager for Rayhow. And starting October 1st, I'll be moving to Kalefi as a training and education manager. So I've grown up in the, the trades. I have worked with my dad for many years. I think that my uh, earliest childhood memory is like the smell of plumber's putty because daycare was just kind of going to job sites with my dad. Uh, yeah. So I've been kind of all over the, the industry and uh, yeah, love it and and very happy to be uh, with you guys today. Right. And, and of course, you mentioned your dad. Bob Hot Rod Roar, again, a guy that needs no introduction. And, and of course, your mom, Ellen Roar, who also needs no introduction. I mean, I've known your family forever and a day. I mean, I've been in this industry since 1990. I've certainly known Ellen ever since then and certainly met uh, Hot Rod and, and you, uh, I guess, a little later, but still pretty close to that time. And uh, I don't know, you're kind of like the first family of plumbing and hydronic heating, I think. I think that's fair to say. It's definitely a good uh, incubator for uh, hydronics. They definitely had uh, a good support yeah. system to to enter the the industry. And uh, for a brief second, when I was in college, wanted to go into dental school. I remember that story when I first heard you. Yeah, did not like it at all, and was like, "Oh, I actually really liked uh, hydronics, and I think that there's a lot of good that we can do uh, as an industry for the world, for for customers, for energy efficiency uh, here." And Kind of came back with the new energy, so that uh, that's something that I really enjoy. You made, you made the right choice, that's for sure. Face <laughs> it, dentists they really aren't doctors anyway, are they? So <laughs> no, yeah, I guess not. Plumbing and hydronics. Yeah. Well, good. Listen, I mean, the biggest thing that you and I want to talk about this morning is this big new job at Kalefi. But again, I've, I've known you for a long time, and I I know that this is sort of a Return of sorts uh, for you because you worked at Cleffy right out of college as an intern. So before we get into the you know uh, job to be, I guess it's October first. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you got to be uh, in Italy right out of college as an intern at Cleffy? Yeah, so it was a pretty incredible um, opportunity. In the the summer after I graduated from college, my dad had just started with Kalefi, and we took a, a family trip over to the Inner Solar Show in Munich. Uh, and his bosses were there, so I met them and kind of met the rest of the international sales team. And after the show, I still hadn't really lined up a you know a career or anything after graduating college. So I said to one of the the export sales managers, I said. Uh, if you're ever looking for an intern to come over for a year, I'd love to do that. And he yeah, said something like, okay, like something polite. And I just thought like, well, I probably won't hear back from him. Uh, didn't think anything of it for about a week. Uh, and then I got an email that said, okay, if you can figure out how to get the, the visa paperwork together, you can come over here for a, a year and train and was like kind of floored by that. So then had to scramble and figure out how to do the visa and all that stuff. But it was great. And then a couple like as soon as I got word that I was going to be going over there, I started taking some lessons on Italian uh, a couple days a week, but it was pretty minimal. I didn't know the language or anything before. You didn't speak Italian at all, really. 
before. No. So, and the, the people that work in sales roles, they're speak English. So they, you know, they could help me get over there. But what they do is they put everybody in the returns department, even people they hired in Italy to start with. And those guys don't speak any English. So it was definitely a trial by fire thing. They put people in the returns department because it's like the best place to be to see how the products work, that they've got a really good focus on education. So instead of just going into, here are the sales numbers, here's what we're doing. It's like, you need to know how to build this product. You need to take this valve apart and figure out how to put it back together, which I love because that's uh, something that just growing up, that's the way that I figured things out as well. So they put me in the return department and I didn't understand anything. It was just way too fast. I didn't you know, understand the different concepts they were talking about or whatever. So I would just sit in this little office. There were three of us and my boss in that department, his name's uh, Paolo Del Ponte. And he knew everything about all the returns that would come back, was like never surprised by anything, could like show you how to take apart everything. But he would just start rattling off these sentences to people that would walk by the the return department, which was kind of central with the factory. And I would just be like right behind him in a little desk, kind of Googling like, okay, what is that word? Trying to figure out what was going on. And basically I ended up finding out that like what was happening a lot of the day is something to the translated effect of like, your soccer team is terrible. They lost last night. They're basically done for like, you should just like burn your Jersey. It's never coming back. So I realized that like most of what was going on with the banter was just a lot of like trash talking about soccer teams. So that was uh, kind of fun to like start to finally get it and like that uh, just piece those things together. But it was it was really funny because he would just be uh, you know, yelling at all the different employees as they would walk by. And when he'd get really excited, he would lean back in his chair, which because we were in a small office would just like pin my chair up against the wall. So I would be there with just a full like stream of trash talk about the, the soccer games that happened the night before and was just like locked in there, like Googling how to <laughs> and what they were saying and stuff. But it was great. It was a, a really fun way to, to start with the company. And then what they did from there is they, uh, as soon as I got up to speed with the products a little bit, they started to take me to all the different departments. And what I ended up writing was a Word document kind of English tour of all of the different factory locations they have in Italy. So I would go to the different departments, sit with the managers or the machine operator or whatever, kind of write what they were doing in English. And then I think to this day, parts of it they use that are still relevant that haven't been updated with new machinery or whatever. They still use that for some of the tours when people go over there that are English speaking. And they hand them a document so then they can read it in parts yeah. of the factory that are allowed. Good, good. So, um, and again, your internship was a whole year. A lot of people think of internships as kind of a summer thing, but you, you were on the ground there for a good year, right? Yeah. So I, I went over there and uh, spent a lot of time in the return department, but it, it took a lot of time to go to all of those different stations and learn about the different ways things work and from marketing to, you know, customer service to production and all the different places. Kalefi is a cool company because the products, the most of the brass, something like a third of the brass valves in the world come from that northern Italy region. So it's very close to everything that happens. So the, the 
brass is coming out of the ground, you know, 40 minutes away from where it's going to be boxed up and shipped all over the, the rest of the world. So very small uh, footprint for all that stuff, really easy to keep control of all the manufacturing because it's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they you know, ship it out to, I think, 90 countries or something like that now. So uh, a lot to learn. And yeah, just a, a really fun, welcoming place. When I started there, the, the same guy that was in the return department uh, was definitely kind of the, the life of the, the factory floor where we were working. Paulo is, is the life of the party? Yeah. So he his team, his favorite team, Inter Milan, uh, at one point when I was over there, had a big match against Barcelona and they, it was a big upset. So it was just like one of those funny moments where I got to work a little early and I can see kind of halfway down the the hallway of the the factory and there's a big employee entrance door and it was like a professional wrestling match thing that it was like fireworks and a fog machine and like a big bang all went off at the same time and it was Paolo kicking through the door with the the like sash and like kind of a scarf that they wear over in Europe that had the Inter Milan thing on it and Uh just went like to station by station through the factory to just like really rub in the fact that Inter Milan won in a big upset, but it was, it was just hilarious to watch him just like kick through the door and, uh, scream Andiamo Chi, just like, let's go. And then was just like strutting, waving the, the <laughs> sash in everybody's face. Uh, but really, I think I, it sticks with me because that, that passion for everything that they do over there is really something that I found interesting and fun that the the Italians just do it right as far as being 110% behind whatever their you know, work or you know fun projects are. They, they really know how to eat well. They knew how to, uh, to really appreciate things. So I like that, that part of living over there. Good. So andiamo chi, that's, uh, that means let's go, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got our first Italian phrase of the day. Yeah, and it helps when you just scream it as you like kick down the door. That's the right. uh, most impact. I'll, I'll scream it when I hang up and uh, yeah. <laughs> open, my, open my office door. Um, yeah. Now I want to talk to you about you know some other jobs. Obviously, you had when you left, but before we uh, head that way, you told me an interesting story about where you live in Italy and an interesting uh, heating bill. I guess your, your maybe your first heating bill. Yeah. So, I mean, just living in the the U.S., the, you know, and being in college, I didn't pay my heating bill individually. So when I went over to Italy, one of my coworkers, her mom has a a house there in the first floor. It's kind of an apartment that they use for family and friends and things like that. So it was very cool that they just kind of rented that to me for the time that I was over there and made it easier than being from the U.S. trying to sign a lease or something like that, I think is a little bit trickier. So that was great. The first heating bill that I got as soon as it got cold there was something like six hundred dollars, uh-huh. and it was an apartment. It wasn't like a you know big house or anything like that. It was even under an occupied space that was warm and everything. But it uh, you know, and I didn't even have. I had the thermostat probably set to sixty five or something uh, for the heating, so it wasn't egregious by any means. Yeah, it no. just really illustrated the difference in what they pay for energy over there. And then you would kind of notice the ways that you know, people with bigger houses would almost like abandon floors or you know, parts of their houses during the winter, even if they seem to be you know well off because it was just like so much to heat yeah. there. So I think that part of that is the reason that 
the European countries are just so far ahead of us with hydronics is they just had to. Like yeah. every yeah. every homeowner there can't have you know an eighty percent efficient furnace rattle in a way. They have to do it right. So that was cool. And I think that it it really puts the product development people in in European countries and with Kalefi from what I saw. Just they have to be on top of their game. They have to have the A plus product developments all the time in order to make hydronics feasible for people to live in, in houses when their heating belts can be that expensive. All right, good. Well, so uh, you spent a good year in Italy, right out of college. That, that you know, that's that's the time to, time to do it, I'm sure. And you started in the product return department. But again, you 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 moved around a lot, and it's safe to say that by the time you headed back home at the end of your internship, you had kind of touched or visited and got to know all the various stations along the way in the process of of making things and shipping them out the door. And then of course, you know, if there's a problem, they come back. Yeah. And it was, it was really the best way to do it because then, you know, from that point on, I would see a valve and would know like the person who made it and their hobbies and why they do it that specific way. And uh, the specific features that are, you know, most beneficial because they you know, modified it to do this thing that you know, comes up once a year, but is a pain if you don't do it that way. Like that background was just was was really excellent. So, uh, Max, what what year would this be then? What what, what what when did you head out head there and when did you come back? So I think that that was most of two thousand nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So after your stint at Kalefi and you came back to the states, uh, I know you worked for. Um, a wholesale distributor, actually, probably no more than 15 minutes down the road from our offices here in Chicago. And then, of course, yeah. also, uh, for a manufacturer rep, too. So I think you worked maybe six years in between uh, Kalefi the first time and, and, and your current job at Rahal. So tell us a little bit more about your work with the Chicago wholesaler and also the manufacturer rep in uh, Denver. Yeah, so I have just, as we kind of uh, talked about this interview, realized how lucky I've been to just have such incredible bosses to work for this entire you know, span of my career. Uh, and another one of my favorite people in the world is Michael Blyer. So he's the uh, president of Able Distributors in Chicago. And uh, one of the things that I really like about Michael is how passionate he gets about products and really brings them to life. So someone would come in, a manufacturer would come in with some, you know, idea and he would latch on to like, okay, what's your like premium coolest thing that you do? And maybe they weren't even ready to pitch that, but they're like, well, we do have this one thing that's really cool. And you would see him really sink his teeth into that and then did a great job of kind of taking that interview to convince the customers that we work with, like, this is the future of hydronics. This is where we're going. This is something that you should be you know, jumping on, you're a really progressive contractor. Uh, here's what's cool about this. And just that energy was really contagious. So he was just like the perfect person, I think, for that independent wholesale branch to bring that spiritual life that just really something to prove an early adopter guy, very engaging. So that was fun to just see that that passion that he kind of brought into the, the wholesale world. Um, that it, it was really something that you know, built a lot of loyalty with the customers that you want to have, the people that are really uh, not afraid of uh, a challenge or doing something cooler than they've done in the past. So that, that was fun to see that, that small group uh, really yeah. do some cool things. Good, good. And before we move on to uh, the rep, just to give a plug-in to Abel for people that may not know them. I mean, I, I know them very well because the right 
very close to our offices, number one. And number two, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, an old school kind of uh, wholesale distributor right in Chicago. And very interesting. Very interesting. We're introducing uh, hydronics and, and in particular radians in the 90s when I remember first hearing about these guys. Yeah, and you probably know them from the early RPA days and things like that. They uh, just had had something to prove with Radiant, I think. And oh, yeah. The, yeah. the whole U.S., I think, has benefited from some of those yeah. adopters like those guys. Right. Early adopters is exactly the, the phrase I would use to describe them, too. So you worked there, I think, a year or so, and then you headed over to Denver. How would you end up in Denver? I guess you, yeah. I mean, you're all over the place, Max. You're, I know. I've, uh, yeah, I've had some, I've had some really fun uh, places to live too, just in between all yeah. these things. So the next one, uh, I went to work for Shamrock Sales in uh, Denver, Colorado. So uh, Steve Duggan, the, the president there, offered me a job uh, to do outside sales for the western half of Colorado. So I really liked Chicago. Uh, I liked the food there. I liked the amount of things to do. But I'm kind of a, a mountain kid at heart. So the opportunity to just live and work in Colorado and get to go to you know Aspen and Telluride and, and stuff like that for work was something that was pretty attractive. So what those guys did really well, Steve and his brother, uh, Neil, they did a good job of kind of showing the value that rep firms can add to the supply chain that they told me like, you need to be on the ground. You need to be going to job sites. You need to learn as much as you can from customers and from vendors and, and figure out how to you know, fix things and solve problems. It wasn't just a you know, drive around and, and check on your commission check type of rep firm at all. They, they really did a good job of adding value and kind of buffering sometimes the conflicts that would come up between contractors and manufacturers. If you know, there was a return or something like that, that there was a disagreement, they were just very good kind of uh, level-headed intermediary there and, and knew when there were times that just like, you know what, we're going to just take the hit here as the manufacturers wrap and you know, pay for the product or something like that, even if the, that wasn't what the product return was leading to. Uh, they just were, were good at kind of that level-headed uh, value-add rep relationship. So, And part of that is they just had a, a great team of, of people that they put together that they really trusted to make decisions. So uh, it was another job that my bosses kind of gave me some freedom to to do new things and yeah i really appreciated working with those guys and uh, had a great time there as well so yeah it's just kind of looking back i don't really have any employers that i didn't like working for outside of when i was a telemarketer for like 15 minutes in high school and hated it (laughs) (laughs) and i i know this about shamrock and i do about abel but is it safe to say that uh both Abel and Shamrock, while well, they, I'm sure they sold plumbing, but plumbing products, but were they hydronics and radiant uh, guys at, at Shamrock? Yeah. So they're a big hydronics shop. They have boiler lines and have been really involved with controls and just piping and hydronics and kind of bigger than the, the line card type support, which I think is what the best rep firms in the U.S. do, that they can kind of connect the dots a little bit. Uh, instead of just here's the here's my line card here are the five products that I sell and you guys can figure it out they do a good job of kind of pushing hydronics forward especially in Colorado which is a really kind of forward thinking hydronics market so we got to see some incredible job sites and people really doing fun things all right okay want to get to Kalefi but of course uh, Ray Howe is uh, and again you you worked at Abel and Shamrock I guess a total of well I think Abel was one year and Shamrock was five yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. And then, and then he ended up at Ray Howe, where you have been for the past five years. And I believe you told me at the intro that you're still working uh, for Ray Howe 20 hours a week before you start your big job, big new job at Clefius of October 1st. And you worked five years at Ray Howe. So yeah. It's been a really kind of fun like transition period to be able to taper down with Ray Howe before I start at Clefi to leave on good terms and make sure that I can help with as many things as possible to kind of transition the marketing and training at Rayow and just the the people that I really liked working with there wanted to make sure that uh, we could do as nice a handoff as possible because they they're just good people as well. So some of the highlights there, um, it's a very big company. So what was interesting, is just a really high stakes professional development opportunity type things like show up with a suit and tie, you have 30 minutes to present this concept, you might not see these managers from Germany or whatever for another year. So make sure that you nail it. And this is kind of your chance to uh, prove your point or to you know, make sure that people have the same passion about this type of training that you do. So it was uh, very kind of high stakes like that. And I like that it, it really makes you kind of elevate the way that you prepare for meetings and, and things like that. So that was really fun. We got to work with uh, other regions on different continents and things like that. So I traveled all over North America and got to go down to Argentina for a training and, and things like that were just really the benefit of working with a global company with 20,000 employees is you get to see a lot of different things, a lot of different industries. They make stuff from you know parts that are on a Boeing airplane to PEX pipe to windows and edge banding for furniture so they they do a lot of different polymer things so there's a really wide expertise there and at ray howe working in a wholesale distributor and a a rep you're a trainer of sorts but at ray howe you did make a more of a hard and fast transition to be being a trainer quote unquote right yeah so my bosses uh, mike dietrich and john bittenbender hired me to do you know full-time training and did a really good job of kind of empowering our group to change the the concept of what we wanted to do for training so one of the things that was was really fun is they just said okay take take a couple months and figure out like how do you want to do training instead of just like okay you got to be on the road tomorrow and here's the powerpoint you're using we really reassessed everything and went back and kind of changed the way that we approached it from just doing the technical details of things, but to get into the weeds and figure out, okay, this is what's important about this product. Here's the benefit that people can have. How do we explain that in a way that the attendees of the training can go back to their shop and explain it to the rest of their team? And then the additional benefit is if we can do it well, we would have them be able to sell it to a homeowner too. So all of this is is cool if you know how technically a product works, but if you can't upsell that homeowner at the end of the day, uh, you missed something. So that was fun to develop more of a a sales kind of uh, a tie-in with all of that. And we'd do some like group presentations where they'd come up and show us how a a little mock system would work. But then I would play the role of a homeowner and say, okay, I don't understand what is on about this. I don't understand what radiant heating is and make them kind of go back a few steps and explain it. And I think it was, it was really fun to watch uh, salespeople have to get more technical and watch uh, technical people have to get more you know, sales focused. And that was what we liked about you know, that, that approach that we shifted for training there. Good, good. Okay. So uh, training uh, the contractor and installing and troubleshooting, obviously, you know, very important and vital 
parts of the job, but you know, to, for them to then also be able to explain it to the home artists, all of their process and all of their skill set, I guess that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, a muscle we don't use as, as well, much in the, the technical training world. All right. Perfect. Now let's get to Kalefi again. Uh, you're starting October 1st and I'm not so sure. I, what, what is your title going to be at, at Kalefi? Uh, training and education manager. So I'll be uh, one of uh, three uh, training and education managers with my dad and Cody. And then they also have uh, another guy, Kevin, who does uh, some like engineering specific training as well. Luncheon learns for engineers and that type of thing. So really solid team. I'm excited to work with. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And just right. addition to work with my dad uh, again is uh, an added benefit. I think. <laughs> I would imagine so. Now tell us a little bit more in general about your role coming up at Kalefi. Sure. So kind of throughout my career, after I worked at Kalefi initially, as I would work on things at Abel or at Shamrock, both of those places we sold Kalefi too. So that was kind of was in the extended family at those points too. If I was looking at something technical, I was always kind of double checking with the Kalefi hydronics manuals that John Siegenthaler helps out with, or tuning in for a copy of Kalefi to just make sure that I had the technical concept right. So when Cleffy came to the U.S., they made the decision that they wanted to kind of be known for excellence in education and training. So uh, since they sell components, the harder part is you have to know what's going on upstream and downstream of that valve that you know, Cleffy makes or something. So you have to be really sharp to make sure that you understand what the latest technology is for the circulators and the boilers and the you know, radiant or whatever else may be. Uh, upstream and downstream. So they, they have a hard job and a, have done a really good job of keeping up with the trends with everybody to make sure that they complement and can help push the, the system forward. So you know, worst case scenario would be if the mixing valve is limiting the progress of, of plumbing. And that's definitely not the case with a, like a Legimix valve or something like that. So they've, they've done a really good job of prioritizing the education, which was something that I've you know, been around either directly or indirectly the whole time. And when they offered me the, the job and said, hey, we're looking for a West Coast trainer, you can live wherever you want in the West Coast. Uh, it was a pretty hard thing to leave right now, but I was pretty excited to be able to move back to Utah, get a lot of family there, be back with uh, you know, a company I worked with for you know, indirectly or directly for 10 years. And they kind of gave me my, my first job. So <laughs> I was uh, still in, in, uh, in debt for uh, for that opportunity, which was pretty amazing. So training and education manager, but for the West Coast, is that what I heard, correct? I'll be based in the West. I think it depends on if there's a Ashley in Orlando or something like that, then uh, I think that it's just kind of broadly based in the West Coast. Well, I want to talk to you about more about training at Kalefi, but again, obviously I know you and I know your dad and you're both working at Kalefi. Uh, is there an overlap between what you guys are going to do? Are you going to work together? I mean, you mentioned obviously Cody and Kevin too are, are trainers. Does everybody have a particular section of the country that they focus on or, or what? How's it all going to work? They do a really good job of overlapping. So my dad's actually in a call with the, the rest of the group right now where they're kind of going over some training wins and some programs that they put together and installations. And uh, there's great overlap, which I appreciate because if it's, you know, like three different trainers and they have three different territories and you're not allowed to cross the 
the border or something like that. I don't think it really improves the the whole of education. So they work really well together. And it's uh, just something that's fun for me because my dad has actually done a lot of this stuff. He's a master plumber and has been doing this for a long time. So he's got that great real world experience. Cody was an HVAC tech for a while too. He really has a good grasp on controls. So there's a really broad expertise there. And I'm excited to learn from the group as much as I am to bring some of the things that we were working on at Rayal. There's a a lot that I can glean from those guys. And and that's something that I enjoy. And it really pushes the whole company forward if you've got multiple people collaborating on the content. Good. Now, again, you know, the 800 pound drill in the room and all our conversations that we had on our off the cuff podcast series here is. You know, the pandemic, I, I haven't been on an airplane since March, and I probably would have been on 10 airplanes uh, between uh, then and now. What uh, What's going on with training in Cluffy right now in, in light of the pandemic? You know, uh, I'm guessing there's probably not too much in the way of traditional classrooms or uh, online, but you tell me what's going on. Yeah, so I think Cluffy was in good shape before the pandemic because they were delivering a lot of virtual content. Uh, before they were forced to, in a sense, after COVID hit. So I think that the you know, the trick now is how do you keep setting that bar with quality and find different ways to stay in front of customers because it's pretty uh, noisy right now as far as a lot of people are doing webinars, a lot of any other manufacturers are doing virtual lunch and learn. So that hour in the work week has gotten a little bit more competitive to grab somebody's attention because everybody's doing it. So the the bright side is that Kalefi had a good foot forward there. I mean, if you looked at a year ago, there wouldn't be that many people who were tuning into to webinars every day. And now it's like that. That's where we go to work. So they had a great start on that. And the, the trick will be to just find ways to make that content more and more relevant. Maybe it's a shorter time frames, more video, things like that. Uh, because if you want to stay stay in front of customers, it may be something that later this year you can you know, meet people at a job site on the you know, tailgate of a truck and talk to them about training. But as of you know, everything that I've heard right now, people aren't walking into wholesale houses to do training. People aren't going to see engineers because they're all working remotely. Uh, kind of the world that we know as that traditional, you know, walking around doing five lunch and learns in a, a day walking into any wholesale house, that's over right now. Uh, It may come back and it may be some of these uh, wholesale houses and and places say, you know what, can you just meet us on a a webinar and go through that specific topic? So I think it's going to push the trainers in the industry to develop a little bit different set of uh, presentation skills because this isn't the walk in and kind of grab a room, grab some donuts and things like that. You have to find a little bit different way to motivate people uh, be better at those cues to know when you're starting to lose the group and ad- adapt the content that you're presenting because it's uh, that webinar fatigue, I think, is is setting in a little bit. And how do you adapt? How do you stay in front of it? I think that starting with excellent technical content and then figuring out the presentation vehicle is the easier way to do it. Uh, so that's what I'm excited to kind of try and solve that that puzzle a little bit with the rest of the Kalefi team. And do we... Uh... I mean, obviously, trade shows are are training in and of themselves in a different way. Do you, do you know at this point what what's going on with trade shows for next year? Any? No, I think everybody's pretty 
shy about uh, what's going to happen. I mean, the uh, AHR show right. in Chicago is my favorite show. It's my right. favorite city for my favorite show. So everybody really wants to go, but I mean, it's uh, it's hard to know if if the city of Chicago or the state of Illinois is even going to be yep. up for letting people attend. I so I think that the yeah, everybody's kind of waiting to see what happens there because from uh, the amount of days that you spend at a show to be able to see that many of your customers and, and pitch your product to all sorts of new people, uh, it's a very valuable time if, if people are going to come <laughs> and if it's uh, even going to be allowed. So. I think that it's definitely a, a wait and see thing with the the big shows like that. I know that a lot of people are trying to pivot to a virtual show uh, and even outside of our industry, everybody's trying to do that. And I'm just paying attention to as many as I can to see who's doing that well and to see what expectations you would have. Are 50% of the people going to come to an in-person show or is it going to be 5%? Uh, you know, who knows? So I think that the the trade shows have. Uh, I'm not envious of, of those guys this year to figure out how they make sure that that stays something that that people you know go to a physical event and uh, get their new information all in one spot, or is it just going to be all the time online? And that's that's a, a very hard thing to figure out this year. Yeah, it's hard to make any predictions. Last I heard, uh, you know, there's press release on it, so it's not not. Uh a secret uh, that they might push the ASHRAE show, the AHR Expo show, I should say, to maybe March. And uh, often for the best, it'd be hard yeah. to replicate that online. That, uh, I know there's some trade shows coming up that are going to be uh, some type of digital format. But boy, you can't. It's tough to do that for AHR, I'm sure. So I know that, you know, we talked last week to prepare for the meeting, and you brought this up when you talked about Rehow, and the, and the idea was that Technical training, obviously, for contractors is a given. But, you know, when you were at Reha, you, you made the addition to how to explain this to homeowners. Now, what, what's going on with Kalefi? Uh, it's already been done, or, or, or how are you going to own that a little bit more? What's, what's going on with that? Yeah, so that's one of the things that I kind of hope to bring to the table with the rest of the group is there, you know, it's been some time since I was completely under the hood with the different products as far as doing the technical training. But what I kind of started doing in preparation is I go through the catalog and I look at all the different products and then I look at the, you know, the features as far as the maximum pressure and things like that, but really try and highlight the benefits mm-hmm. and then what is actually going to improve the day for the contractor and then figure out in my head, okay, how do, how do I explain that to someone who's not familiar with our catalog? And kind of start from that angle. So I think that that is something that I will continue to, to work with with the team there is to figure out, okay, this is a legend mix valve. I can go into all the details about how it works, uh, why you would use it, what applications are, are correct, uh, what problems it solves are kind of the more important things to dig into there. So if you can walk into uh, someone who's building a hospital and explain how that's a really safe way to disinfect a Legionella bacteria in a plumbing system and here's exactly how you can do it. And Mm -hmm. here are the benefits that you're going to have because of that, that kind of peace of mind is really what you're selling. So that was one of the the lessons that we kind of worked through at Rayhow is uh, it's plastic pipe that we're selling, or it is comfort and it's energy efficiency. And it's these really big picture things that you have to figure out a way to kind of paint that picture a little bit better. And that's, that's more fun. I think that that's, a great way to build value in not just the products that you sell, but in the trade. I think that it's important to move clean water around 
And it's not something that, uh, you know, plumbers and the trade are really respected in the U.S. as much as they should be compared to doctors and, and lawyers and things like that, even though they're you know solving or creating problems <laughs> on their own, respectively. Um, the plumbers are really not as well respected as they should be for the amount of incredible things that we do. And I blame that partially on the ability to you know, explain it to uh, a general homeowner better is something that we need to focus on and in order to kind of elevate the the trade and uh, the best trainings that we had at Rayhow, the you know maybe people learn some new technical things but it a big win for me is they just left with a little bit higher self-confidence that the you know hydronics and plumbing are super important to the world that we live in and we have the ability to do great work and we should be proud of it mm-hmm. that's really the the key message that I'd like to kind of build into some of the Kalefi materials as well as we move forward. All right. Well, sounds good. So any more thoughts? I mean, October 1st is a Thursday. I looked at just on my calendar here. Do you, do you have an idea what your first day uh, on the job at Kalefi is going to be other than filling out paperwork, I imagine? Well, it's pretty easy right now because as we're moving out to Utah, uh, we're on my parents' property. So the first day of work, we'll just be kind of walking up to the the shop to take things apart with my dad again. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun full circle moment to get paid to do that again is a pretty special thing. And yeah, I'm grateful to all the people that I've worked with over the years and for Kalefi again for giving me the opportunity to continue with that that process. It's been a, a fun homecoming uh, for a lot of different ways. So. Well, I, I do want to talk to your parents, too, because I, I, in addition to this podcast, I want to write a profile for you for our October issue of PHCNA. So what, 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 what's their, what's, what, what do they think of all this? Uh, I think that they're over the moon excited. I would say mostly because my six-month-old uh, daughter is on property now. So I think that they've, uh, they've shifted the attention to, uh, to being very, very excited to hang out with, uh, with their granddaughter all the time. So. That's fun. They're eventually going to move out to Utah as well. So right. we'll have kind of the whole group together uh, back where I was born. And we've got some other family out there. So it's been it's been a really incredible few you know weeks and, and months now. And amid all of the craziness of the pandemic, it's yeah. been really fun to just be you know on a, a property with my parents and uh, my wife and daughter and everything. So really, all things considered, for as horrible as the pandemic has been. Uh, we found a nice little safe haven for the time being. Good. Well, going back to Utah is, uh, I guess, another homecoming for you, I guess, huh? Two. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where I'm from. That's where I went to college. I'm a big University of Utah sports fan, so I'll be able to watch games in person instead of at midnight uh, Eastern time on uh, my computer while yeah. my wife's asleep or whatever. So that's a big upgrade for me. <laughs> Perfect. Well, good. On that note, I'd say our goodbyes for now. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at AHR next year in Chicago. And uh, I'm glad you could uh, come with us today, Max. Uh, boy, I, whenever I think about you, boy, you really dodged the bullet with that dentistry, huh? You, you could have thrown everything away. And yeah, I don't think uh, being a dentist right now is not a COVID job that I want. So I think that, that uh, I think I, uh, somehow it was either pushed or pulled in the, the right direction. But uh, I'm happy to, to be where I am. So, yeah, thanks again for having me. Uh, I look forward to uh, yeah. seeing you soon. Hopefully, it's at HR. All right, perfect. Thanks again, and uh, give my best to your family, and uh, I'll see them soon too. Will do. Thanks. Bye bye.